this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. Ho, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Soundcheck, CM Life Rock and Alternative Music Podcast. I'm your podcast editor and one of three hosts, Ben Ackley, and I'm here with the very, very festive Michael Livingston. And I'm also here with the biggest diehard fan in the chat. I'm in the Nakatomi Plaza Christmas Party 1989. I had to look at the shirt to check the date. It's Andrew Mullen. How y'all doing? Die is the best Christmas movie. We're just going to get that out of the way so I don't have to say it again. (laughs) (laughs) My personal pick would be Gremlins, slightly edging out. It's a very good one, too. You know Um, what mine is? hmm. Harry Potter. Harry Potter's uh-huh. a Christmas movie. I'll I'll die on that train as well. Okay, well, Fair we're enough. not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about today after this hiatus between our 12th and 13th, lucky 13th final episode of this season is Christmas music. We had never had a Christmas episode of Soundcheck, probably because, Andrew... Why do you look? Why do you gotta look at me? Because um, you hate Christmas, you. I, no, that's not true. I I like the Christmas season's fine. I like decorating a tree. I like giving and receiving gifts. Um, and we'll be doing that shortly in the next few days. So, I'll, I enjoy that stuff. What I do hate is Christmas music. I I at least the traditional stuff that you hear on the radio every year. I can't stand it because it's usually like the, it's usually like, like you have like it's like the same thirty to forty songs that's like in rotation around like Christmas stations. Maybe there's different versions, different cover versions, but it's typically those same set of songs. I'm sure we can all think of the ones off the top of our heads, and they're just just barreled at us for like a month and a half, and it just it drives me crazy. But that's not to say I hate all Christmas music. We'll be talking about Christmas music that I like and that we all like. Um, hopefully so now that's going to be what today's episode's about but before we get going uh, we should also mention the fact that we have a twitter account that you can follow is at scheckofficial we post a playlist for these episodes here um, as well as you can keep track of when episodes drop so definitely give that one a follow michael do you have a twitter account you want to plug yes you can follow me at michael c live my new year's resolution is to be more active on twitter so hopefully i live up to that Yes, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to make that a New Year's resolution. But if you so wish to follow me, for whatever reason, um, my handle is at Andrew Mullen4. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's what some would call the most wonderful time of the year. And it has been a very interesting year indeed. And, you know, Andrew talked about how on the radio we have all these songs. Well, all these songs. We have a few songs that a million different artists have done that you have to hear every single year at Christmas time. So what we're doing is we're bringing in a lot of, uh, I think, almost all original Christmas songs um, from these artists that we're covering today. You aren't going to be hearing covers of White Christmas and It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year and all that schmaltzy crap that you hear every year you're going to be hearing uh, stuff that is hopefully a little more fun and a little more pleasant to listen to and and maybe it will help you cap off your 2020 in a, a little better of a mood hopefully 
I don't know. I, can we just get right into it? I really don't feel like we need that much setup here. Go for no. it, man. Okay, well, I am starting off the episode, and I am starting off the music portion of the episode as well. Um, so every time of year, every time, <laughs> every holiday season, um, you you do things like traveling. Obviously, this year that's a little different, but maybe the Christmas time means that you can find a little wonder even in traveling. And that's kind of what this Nick Lowe song I'm about to play, Christmas at the Airport, is about. I think I can kind of let the song speak for itself, but it's really got a a nice sort of pop rocky instrumentation. It's just sort of classic Nick Lowe, very catchy, uh, very fun, a fun listen. Uh, and, you know, we're missing a lot this Christmas time, but you will not miss the traveling. So use this as a celebration of outside the taxi window on the way to catch my flight i noticed snowflakes playing in the ever failing light when he dropped me at departures it was really coming down deep and crisp and even it settled on the ground it Looks like Christmas, Christmas at the airport. All the planes are grounded, and the fog is rolling in. It looks like Christmas, Christmas at the airport this year. Doors are locked and bolted. Let the festivities begin. A little breezy Christmas number about getting snowed in at the airport. Something that I, I dig that. That's like uh, I like those lush guitars a lot. That just that puts me in a good mood, and and I like Nick's voice and just the the whole vibe it brought to the table. Just kicking it off right away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, means simple. It's nice. I like Michael said lush. Um, not like overtly because you know when you you think of like Christmas songs, you, you they have these certain rhythms, these certain patterns in your head. You think about just the sleigh bells, um, and stuff like that in there. But you don't, but you don't really hear that there. It's just a simple song and just about be happy at Christmas time, which is a, a nice change from what I usually hear on the radio. Um, the one question I do have for you, Ben, uh, is about Nick Lowe. I, I I hear I do hear that name every now and again. Talk about music. Um, before we move on to uh, Michael's first pick, uh, can you kind of give us, give me a, just a little sum up about who Nick Lowe is? Sure. So Nick Lowe got started uh, on a record label, Stiff Records, in the late 70s. He was essentially the face of Stiff Records, even more so than someone like Reckless Eric or anyone else on that roster, Ian Drury. Um, he produced Reckless Eric's first album. He was a great sort of power pop musician. His album, The Jesus of Cool, is probably probably one of the best power pop albums of all time just a really skilled songwriter a really skilled musician and he has kept that in his old age this song is only i think uh three or four years old and i i think it's an absolute cracker of a christmas song <laughs> nice man you mind if i go next go for it all right so this first one here is going to be the outlier because it's probably the most traditionally christmas e sounding song I have, um, I first heard this song when it's also the first Fleet Foxes song I ever heard when I purchased their self-titled record 
in the holiday season of 2015 with my Christmas money. Um, I bought this record because the cover looked really cool and I was ready and I heard the name before. Um, I just love um, this song when it first played on the A side, I immediately fell in love with like the gospel kind of vocals on it. I love the word painting with like the, the snow, the um, kind of the fallen angels. And it, it really just kind of fits the whole Christmas vibe, but kind of also has like this sort of like introspective and sad tone to it um, that I come to like out of my indie folk. I brought Fleet Foxes on the show before they were there. Um, I brought one of their albums to my actually decade list. Um, and I, I fell in love with that one as well as their self-titled. So this song's called White Winter Himmel. Um, and it's been covered before by the likes of Pentatonix. I, I just, I, yeah, I hate hearing myself say that, but <laughs> this is the original and it's the better version. So go ahead, Ben. Needless to say. I was following me, 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 I was following the pack all swallowed in their coats with scarves of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads from falling in the snow. want to talk about lush sounding music we really have a twofer there sort of a one-two punch with our first two songs yeah i think I that I, so. I recognize that from the pentatonics version oh no i'm sorry Unfortunately. To hear that. <laughs> yeah i like this one i just like the guitars in it i like the acoustics um i think uh god what's his name robin pecknell i think he is just like he kills it on the vocals on this one it was a great introduction to fleet foxes i don't know this isn't really quite up your alley andrew what do you think uh yeah i mean I, well i was looking forward to it because i remember really enjoying um helplessness blues the album that you put in the decade list i really enjoyed that record so i was kind of so it was kind of excited when i saw this in there um uh it, it it mostly, um, I mostly enjoyed it. I'm not, I'm not really a fan of the intro, the gospel, the weird gospely thing. That wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, the lush instrumentation was nice. Uh, probably my favorite part of this is the lyrics, because now I kind of like the little cryptic, uh, sort of story they're telling here. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Although my favorite part is um, where talking about a, a guy named Michael falling face first into the snow. And the idea of you falling the snow, Michael, face first, tickles me endlessly. So I enjoyed that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can go next then, Andrew. Oh, that's okay, Michael. I love you. All <laughs> right. So, um, so, so we just had two songs, very lush, very pretty, very <laughs> beautiful. Uh, not not happening with me on this next one. Uh, you'll soon very see a, quickly a pattern emerging within the the songs that I brought forward today. I, I promise, I actually do like Christmas. Although you would you would be forgiven to think that I wouldn't. 
<laughs> when I brought here. Um, so in the late 70s, there was a band called The Dead Boys. Uh, they released a song called Sonic Reducer. Very famous early proto-punk, basically punk track. It's a classic uh, early song of the genre. Um, I mean, anyone who says a passing knowledge of punk music probably knows that song. Uh, this is not that song. This is uh, off a... If you look hard enough on Spotify, you can find a lot of these crisp punk rock Christmas compilations uh, called Cashing In on Christmas. There's like a million volumes of these. Uh, you can just scour the internet for them if you so wish. And I believe volume, yes, volume two, there's a band called The Mistletoads. No idea if that's a play on mistletoe. You know, mistletoe, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, they, they redid Sonic Reducer. Instead, now it's said as a boozer. Um, the, the whole the whole joke of the song is in the title. Uh, Santa has a bit of a problem, uh, and sorry, children, there will be no presents this year because Santa's face first in the cows, smelling like gin. I, I I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's it's it's, it's a fairly immature, but honestly, kind of uh funny um take on an old punk rock classic so go ahead ben let's let's hear a bit of it i didn't get no presents except from my mom and dad didn't get no gi joe didn't hear no ho 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 don't get no presents when santa gets drunk again it's way worse than I've been Got chunks of vomit in his bed Santa's a bruiser, big fat loser Santa's a bruiser, big fat loser Ho, ho! Yeah, um, not, not the greatest I'm not gonna say it's the greatest thing ever It's not Vocals are kind of crap uh, it's it's extremely immature, but I don't know. It's, I guess this is my comedy level. I guess. No, this is exactly what I expected you to bring, and it it's exactly what I wanted to hear. Honestly, I I love like this kind of like comedy, like kind of raunchy, kind of like just taking everything Christmas stands for and just flipping it on its head. And it's, it's honestly everything I want from from your picks today, Andrew. So good job from me. Well, great song. You. <laughs> yeah, I really like the the thing that makes that song for me is the ineptitude of it. Like the way that like how clumsily it's rewritten and they're trying to like fit words in where they don't really belong. And he's like, and the chorus, like it sounds like it's the first take and they're all their voices are all over the place and out of time. I just love how stupid it sounds. I really do. Well, yeah, it's, it's a very dumb idea. You can find a lot of pretty much it's just those compilations in a nutshell. Um, only other thing, I don't really know anything about the band. The only thing I'll say, they also did another, we recorded another punk rock classic, uh, uh, Raises in the Nights by the band Blitz. I think they're more of a oi band. I want to say from Britain, I could be wrong, but uh, they did they did it as Reindeers in the Night, which uh, also is very funny and stupid. And I actually prefer that one, but Song Reducer is, a, I think, a more well-known track. So that's why I brought this one here. So Excellent. that's all I have to say. All right. We're breezing right through these things as I expected we would. Um, so in 1956 or 1957 or 58 or 59 or 60, I can't really seem to, to come up with a year on this one. 
Um, the man who was now known as Sun Ra, someday to be regarded as at least one of the strangest figures in jazz music, if not one of the more important ones. Um, he was starting his forays into recording and making his own music and producing the music of others. What you're about to hear is a song by an unknown uh, vocal doo-wop group called The Qualities. Um, as produced by Sun Ra, Sun Ra plays harmonium on this song, and there are a few other... There's someone click-clacking on a woodblock out of time. We don't know who that is. We don't know who's playing guitar. But this is a really... I really like doo-wop music. Not all the time. It's one of those genres that can really start to sound samey, but especially for Christmas time, it's a very warm-sounding, rich-sounding sort of music. And I think that It's Christmas Time by The Qualities is a very good example of holiday doo-wop. Christmas time, which sounds actually a lot like uh, the Beatles Christmas song, which is just basically them, I think, saying it's Christmas time over and over again. So there you go. I like it. I, I like that at least one of us kind of brought something that could be considered almost lo-fi, um, at least, you know, low fidelity in the recording aspect, mm-hmm. because it kind of goes to show you don't really need a lot to make a good, catchy Christmas song. It's it could be fairly simple. It could be done in a matter of minutes. And most of the time they turn out to be songs that people remember for like generations. So I definitely think this should be one of them. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, are, I used to be a person like this. And as I've grown older, I'm really not anymore. I'm sure I, I have a pretty good idea of Andrew's answer to this. But Michael, are you the kind of person who around Christmas time, do you listen to mostly Christmas music or is it just essentially your your usual listening habits with a little Christmas music thrown in? It's pretty much that. And I guess I, I will get to this in my pick, um, but I want Andrew to comment on yours first. Um, I I try to, this, is, this seems to be my more like explorative time of the year like the new year starting and i can catch up on all the albums that i missed um that seems to be where my music goes around the holidays Mm -hmm. um but yeah also like going back to some christmas traditions that i recently picked up which i'll get to but yeah um yeah like kind of what michael said um it's really the latter for me i i tend to um i same listening habits with a little bit of uh, the Christmas music that I listen to, what little I do, um, kind of peppered in. Again, it's not the traditional stuff. It was just kind of basically a lot of the, some of the songs you'll hear from me on, on this episode, plus a few other choice ones um, that I won't be able to talk about. But yeah, 
I, again, I, it's just not really how I get into the Christmas spirit. I, I again, I just get annoyed by most Christmas music, so it's just I don't know. I I I tend to just not really differ much around the holiday time. I have days where I'm really into it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to Christmas music today, and then you know I'll go out and drive to the store or wherever I'm going. By the time I'm coming back from the store, I'm like, hmm. I just usually switch to another playlist or another album. Like I can handle it and I, I have a lot of stuff that I know and like, but it's really a small doses kind of thing. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, but yeah, Andrew, any comments on the quality single we got over here? Um, not much. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not really a doo-wop guy, so it didn't really do much for me personally. Um, I think to, honestly, to me, it's the most, most interesting things about it. It's just kind of like the backstory behind it. The fact that it's, you know, a Sun Ra song. Um, I don't, again, kind of like another artist Ben will uh, talk about later. Uh, an artist I'm aware by name, but just don't know much of his music as much as I know I should. Um, I just think the fact that it's written by him at this kind of mysterious aspect, we don't really know who recorded this, is honestly more interesting than the song itself. And that's just me, though. Um, but I, I, I can see why it would stand out among other doo-wop Christmas tracks because it has some of those weird quirks, you know, because of, you know, Sun Ra producing it. Mm-hmm. I guess Michael. we can continue on, yeah. And I will, uh, I'll be real with you guys. We're talking about, like, musical listening habits around the holiday times. For me, this is, strangely enough, the time of year where I'm listening to the most hip-hop. Out of any point in the year, it's always December, January, February, where I'm listening to all the new hip-hop releases, all the new rap releases. So it's honestly... I turn to kind of Christmas rap music most of the time to kind of soundtrack my holidays. So the first one I got here is a Tyler, the creator release that came out uh, in 2018. It's an EP to coincide with the uh, how to Grinch stole Christmas animated movie of that year. This was uh, right a year after flower boy dropped. And I know Andrew, you don't know much about Tyler, but Ben will know it's a very emotional album. It's, it's kind of, the biggest uh, display of Tyler putting his emotions right on the table for everyone to see. So seeing Tyler uh, go from that, that to putting together this sort of Christmas compilation is uh, really nice to see, like after kind of dropping that all on the table, finding some comfort in the holiday season. Um, that was right after he put out some pretty awesome uh, singles like okra potato salad. Um, but I don't know why Tyler got chosen to soundtrack this movie, and I honestly don't care. Uh, all I know is that the music that came off of this EP is some great stuff. Um, and he really flexes his skills as a composer on the instrumental tracks like Whoville, and there's one at the very end, too. Um, he brings back some of that Wolf era rapping, just very quick, very witty um, on some of these songs. And, uh, and he has some great collaborations on here, specifically from uh, Ryan Beatty from uh, Brockhampton. So, yeah, it's jazzy, it's twinkly, it's festive. It's great for when you're vibing cozied up on the couch. It's only like 10 minutes in length. So, I mean, if you're a hip-hop head that just like wants some extra songs, just put the whole album on your, uh, your Christmas party playlist that you're not having. Uh, and yeah, the song I wanted to show you guys is called, uh, big bag and it's just Tyler flexing some awesome rap verses out here. And I think it's pretty great. That's a goal. Could you please 
tell me what you know about skipping 24, 25 Cause your mom was at her 9 to 5 Still stacking up the dough I was rapping gift say 6 with the paper bandanas Mama's always honest, I ain't never had a Santa Claus She was my amigo like my buddies from Atlanta We was hoping for a signal to afraid to take a jail bag Fill them up with the produce, big 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 bag But it's hot and hurt, O2, big bag Fill them up with the produce, quick, fast Big Macs with the big bag I throw them, you stay up, get cake up For new gifts, I take them You wake up like big man Roof to roof, I jump, I jump, I take, I take It fills the void, I want, I want More Wait and I sneak in I'm about as low as self-esteem when I creep in Yeah, I think this is an underrated Tyler release Especially since it's just like sandwiched in between Igor, Flower Boy, all these great singles. It really gets passed up as just like, you know, something Tyler was doing for money. But I really think like he put some creative, some creative ideas into that project. I want to hear from Ben first, because like I said, Ben's a little more familiar. Yeah, I I actually haven't dug into that one. And I liked that a lot. I really, I, I'd be interested to hear the whole thing because I don't know if it's a controversial opinion or not, but my least favorite thing that Tyler does is rap. When he raps, I think he he can be pretty good, but he can also sort of be a little generic sounding to me sometimes. But I'd really love to hear that at least for the production and just to have some Christmas music from him. So his yeah. music was actually in that Grinch movie? Yeah, he did a rendition of like, uh, you know, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch which was pretty cool. And then, like I said, the instrumental tracks played in there well too. But um, that whole EP is just like music inspired from like Dr. Seuss and stuff. And it's only like 10 minutes, like I said. So I think it's really great. But uh, Andrew, I know you're not the rap guy in the room, but I wanted to put this in here because another New Year's resolution I have is to hopefully introduce a little more hip hop into sound checking, kind of get you a little more familiarized. What did you think just off the top of your head? Well, um, first of all, off top, off that real quick yeah i know i know uh we we wanted to do an uh episode right we're you guys oh, yes. me into hip-hop so yes. I'm, I'm actually looking really looking forward to that um because yeah, i'm still not there yet still not there with hip-hop uh, i'm being introduced more and more uh my girlfriend's trying to get me into it i know you guys have as well so um might finally happen 2021 might be finally year again to hip-hop um you know so I, but since I'm not, like you said, I'm not the expert, I can't, I can comment on the music or the flow or whatever. Um, but I, what I, what I did like with the, with the lyrics actually, and um, you know, you mentioned that what the album he released before this was kind of a big emotional outpouring. And I can kind of hear that in lyrics here because he seems to almost like connecting his life kind of growing up. I, mean, I presume he didn't have the best living situation growing up. I don't know much about his life, so I can only really infer based on what I heard here. It sounds like he didn't really have the best living situation growing up. He said, I think, I think lyrics kind of referred to his mom kind of working a nine to five job on Christmas to kind of help pay for gifts to help you know, support the family. Um, so he doesn't, he didn't have to really the flowery Christmas that everyone sees, you know, every year on Christmas. And he seems to almost kind of, kind of relate his life to the Grinch, which I actually thought was really clever. And, and I really appreciated that um, because you mentioned early, earlier, Michael, when Christmas songs um, kind of take, you kind of take the idea of Christmas and flips it on his head. I like it too, especially when it's used to kind of make a more political or societal point. 
um, which actually kind of relates to my next song uh, that we're going to talk about here. But Go ahead, man. Uh, yeah, but anyways, no, seriously, though, I, I, I lyrically, I really did like this this track actually a lot. Um, well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear this, uh, this Kinks track you got yes. coming up. Yeah. So. Okay. So, um, hands down, I wanted to say this one last, but we're just gonna tie this one in here. If it makes sense because hands down, Father Christmas by the Kinks is the best Christmas song ever written, and I will not even a contest in my head. I will argue that tooth and nail. Um, it was released in the late 70s. I believe it was just a single. I don't think it appeared on any record, although it's appeared in compilations since. Um, you can find it on Come Dance with the Kinks. Um, you can uh, on Spotify. Uh, it, it's basically a punk song. I mean, I know the Kinks, you know, a lot of garage music from that time were basically proto-punk. We actually talked about the Kinks in our garage proto-punk episode, which you can go back in our archives and listen to. But um, this is late late 70s kinks and this is basically a punk track i mean this could fit right next to except maybe the vocals they could it could fit right next to any of the, any of the, any of the punk music that was coming out at the time um the basic gist of the song is this kind of a story there's a guy who is dressing up as like i guess a mall santa or something like that uh he, he's he's going you know uh to the mall i guess presumably kids can send a slap and tell this man what they want uh, for Christmas and whatnot. Uh, but uh, when the chorus hits, uh, yeah, Gang of Kids, as the song said, Gang of Kids came over and mugged him and uh, stole everything from him. He said, we don't want your toys. We just want your money. And as the song goes more and more through, you kind of learn the fact that, oh, this is kind of a, an economic statement because Britain at the time was very, like, you, you know, songs like... Uh, uh god save the queen and uh, you know london you know like all the you know a lot of the big ska bands from the time they were talking seeing a lot about the economic struggles that were happening in england at the time and you can kind of hear it here because the kids are like yeah we don't want your toys we want your board games we want money that's what we need you know we, we need guns because we need to protect ourselves from the gangs across the street you know you 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 hear some of the stuff in there and it's like oh this is kind of singing about the economic struggles at the time and I really appreciate the song for that. It, it kind of takes again the idea of Christmas on its head, um, and it kind of introduces a more reality-based situation here. We always again see all the flowery stuff from Christmas movies. Uh, this doesn't really pull any. This doesn't pull any punches uh, on that though. So, Ben, uh, why don't you play a clip for us? And I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. say it still stands that has been my favorite christmas song too i don't know i'm a big big fan of the kinks and i 
the message, the contrast, the songwriting, the chorus, it's silly and fun. And it also has a meaningful message and it's really catchy. So it's kind of everything I like all put together. Oh yeah. No, pretty much everything Ben said is what I'm thinking too, Andrew. Uh, I don't think we could have made a uh, Christmas episode without Father Christmas. Well, excellent. Thank you. Uh, Let's talk about Tom Waits, Ben, right? Okay. Yeah. So for my final pick, I've picked something that one could argue is a Christmas song in name only. Tom Waits is... I'd say Tom Waits is my natural progression as a person. You know, I started out with the Bob Dylan, getting to the Neil Young. I got to end up at Tom Waits eventually. I mean, if you're talking about gravelly singers, Tom Waits is definitely number one. People make fun of Bob Dylan's voice now. That was Tom Waits' voice in 1980. Uh, But this song, Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis, is a story song. And it's, it's sort of like uh, P.S. I Love You by the Beatles. It's written in the form of a letter or a Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis to the main character, Charlie, who we don't really learn that much about. Um, when Tom Waits would play this live, he would sort of bookend it with his own version of Silent Night and do a little reference to Little Anthony and the Imperials in the middle. And I, this song, not a lot of songs bring me to tears, but this one can do it. I really just... I love the atmosphere. I love the piano playing. His lyrics are top notch, just stellar, excellent. And I'm going to play probably like close to two minutes of this because this is really just, this is up there for me in terms of music in general, not even just Christmas music. So here's a little bit of Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Charlie, I'm pregnant, living on 9th Street. Above a dirty bookstore Of Euclid Avenue I stopped taking dope I quit drinking whiskey My old man plays the trombone Works out at the track He says that he loves me it's not his baby He says that I raise him up Like he was on sun He gave me a ring That was won by his mother It takes me out dancing Every Saturday night Charlie, I think about you Every time I pass the filling station And I count all the grease You used to wear in your hair I still have that record Little Anthony and the Imperials Someone stole my record player how do you like that? How do you like that? Oh my God. What do you guys think of that one? That, that That's something that could be divisive on account of his singing, I think. 
I wasn't really listening to singing, man. Those are some, yeah, those are some powerful lyrics for sure. I was, uh, I was not expecting someone to bring something like that to the table, but, uh, I do appreciate it for sure. I, I have never, that's the first Tom Waits song I've ever heard in my life. So there you go. Um, I, well, don't worry, Michael, I'm not too much more familiar uh, with him than you are. Uh, again, Ben, this is, okay, I mentioned with, um, how was his name? That's Sun Ra earlier. Uh, Tom Waits, the guy I kind of know by name only a bit. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a little more familiar with him. I'm aware of his like grab, aware of his gravelly singing and kind of his style. Uh, he's always intrigued me as an artist, but you know, there's something about him that's always kind of been off. It might just be the singing or the just kind of lack of hooks that he has. It's just something that's always been like, wow, that's interesting, and that's about it. You know, yeah. um, I really did like this song though. Um, I was aware of this song before from trying to build like a, you know, you know just you know, Christmas playlists in the past, you know, stuff that you don't really hear on the radio. And uh, I never really sat down and like listened to it and, you know, appreciated for what it was uh, before. And yeah, I think the story is really interesting. Um, I think he actually pulls off a really good vocal performance on here. Uh, I guess my one very slight nitpick, and I, I kind of have to agree with what you, what you kind of alluded to earlier, Ben, this is not really a Christmas song. It's only by name only. It's not yeah. really about Christmas. You don't really hear it in there. For me personally, I, it's I say gripe, and I don't care. Like personally, I don't care if it's not Christmas or not. Like it's not a topic I care about. So, I I think it's a really good song. So I'm glad you brought it to the table. Yeah, uh, just a little bit more about this one before we go, or before we we move on. Um, the thing that I really love about this song, in terms of a, a structure and a songwriting sort of storytelling thing, is this song has a twist at the end, and I. I'm hesitant to spoil it. So if you don't want to hear it, go listen to the song and then come back and I'll keep talking. Just pause it now and come back, please. So all those people are gone now. Um, so the twist of this song is that the hooker in Minneapolis, the lady of the night, whatever sort of kinder term I could use. Um, she's lying. She doesn't have a, a, a partner. He doesn't play the trombone. She's actually in prison and she needs money to pay a lawyer and she'll be eligible for parole come Valentine's day. That's the last line of the song. I'll be eligible for parole come Valentine's day. So she's writing all this stuff to Charlie and spinning this narrative. And if you listen to it, it's really not that happy. Like she's pregnant with, with one of her clients, children, and she, uh, she's hard up for money. She is finally off dope, but she, wishes that i mean there's so many lines in the song like you know i wish we ha i wish i had all the money we used to spend on dope i'd buy a used car a lot and i wouldn't sell any of them i'd just drive a different car every day depending on how i feel there's so much stuff like that and she paints this picture or tom waits paint this picture singing as this woman and it's really not that happy of a scenario but it's still better than what she's living in right now and i just love that sort of contrast of like, oh, you're thinking this person's life isn't really that good. And then it's even worse than you thought it was. And there are all these great turns of phrase and just really sit down and, and appreciate this song. Find a, a earlier live version where his voice isn't the craziest ever. I would encourage you and hear it with, with Silent Night at the beginning and end. Oh, it's just, it's something else. And now for something completely different, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll start to bring the episode back up, especially with Andrew's pick later on. But continuing on with my hip hop, 
uh, Christmas soundtrack, uh, we got to turn to one of my favorite rappers of all time, MF Doom. And Ben's going to turn to YouTube for us because you cannot find this song on Spotify, unfortunately, because this uh, this is a remix. It's not even it's it's original beats, but not original uh, lyrics. Um, but this album is my newest and most favorite Christmas tradition sort of music. I discovered it last year during Thanksgiving break, immediately fell in love with it. Um, with just all the character in this remix, I think I immediately sent it to Ben too. Cause I'm just I remember like, that, yeah. Oh my God, this is so good. So just to break it down, this is a remix of some MF doom lyrics, um, over some kind of Christmas theme beats crafted by cook and soul. Um, who is a Grammy winning uh, producer, if that matters to anybody anymore. Uh, the result is the smoothest, most buttery remix I've ever heard in my life. Uh, like I said, MF Doom's one of my favorite rappers, and he loves to bring these sort of like narratives and alternate personalities to all of his album releases. Um, I think later on, Andrew, you're going to really um, come to appreciate Doom just for like his ability kind of create a character um in his uh albums um and even though it's a remix i can totally see uh doom kind of playing this sort of like uh anti-christmas grinch-like character um that's trying to like just destroy christmas with all these just like fire verses um the mixing just fits perfectly with doom sort of like raspy delivery um Songs like Smoke Little uh, Xmas Tree and Wonderful, those are just like vibes. You sit next to the fire, but then you have like MF Grinch, Naughty or Nuts. Those are just like, they're, they go too hard for their own good. And like the one, the one I picked out for uh, the episode, though, is called Let It Snow. And uh, it just, the sampling's beautiful. The, the verses just plug in perfectly. Um, who the cook and soul made this remix just uh, with how MF doom raps at it at heart. And uh, it just, it turned into something fantastic. This is something I'm going to listen to every Christmas for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if you can access it, Ben, but uh, I'm sure the viewers will be able to hear it now. Without further ado, let's let it snow. But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Some say stronger though, off the top chain, strong bow, play along, bro. Wear a mask like yo off the gong show, flow slow as Mongo, Don Juan Thong Pro. For your info, when he's not practicing, Jim Crow, actress and some nympho bimbo. He's playing Ray J, the old tape, doing well, what can I say like JJ? I recommend that whole, whole thing. It's just, oh, it's just so full. 
so full of good stuff. And the, the verses are not Christmas related at all because like I said, these are pulled from other MF Doom songs. So they're not any sort of Christmas related, but behind those beats, they just like, they create an entirely different narrative. And it's just like, it, it blew me away the first time I heard it. Excellent. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, you sent me to this last, you sent me this last year. I remember you sending this to me. Um, MF Doom is like we've said about a lot of different artists here today. I haven't said it about one yet, but MF Doom is one of those guys who I know about him. I know a few songs, but I really got to get deeper in, you know, and, and this could be a really good tool for anyone because there are lots of familiar songs here. Lots of things that you'll be able to grab onto that, you know, already to sort of introduce you to this great, great modern rapper. Um, I didn't really, uh, this one didn't do as much for me, uh, as, um, big bag by, by Tyler. I mean, some of the sampling was nice, but overall, I mean, this did, yeah, this didn't really do much for me. So, uh, but again, I'm just not a rap guy. So that's, that's pretty much why. That's okay. We'll, we'll get it one day The the, uh, Andrew gets into hip hop episode is coming. And it will, it, just will, like, it will work. Just like the Beatles debate. Everything is coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Uh, that's another thing we have to do this semester. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of things you need to do this next semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Especially since it's my last one. We, we, all, we all know what has to happen there for my last semester. But of course. Of we'll, course. we'll just tease it. We'll, <laughs> we surprisingly didn't make this this list uh my favorite band they, they do have a christmas ep that i actually don't like very much so um, <laughs> i was i was surprised about that i yeah, was yes yeah, so i'll say a bad religion haha <laughs> it's first it's first time i mentioned them in a while on the show so i i, I have good i you got i have much better restraint with them than you guys think i do but whatever <laughs> yeah they, they do have a christmas ep they just cover all the the, the classic christmas songs that we hear about every year that we hear every year and songs are just not that interesting to me. What is interesting to me though, are the last technically two songs I'll talk about. I kind of lumped them together because it's by the same artist because I had to, I would be, it'd be a crime for me not to bring as far as I know, the only two weird Al Yankovic Christmas songs. Um, I don't think there's any more that I'm aware of. I could be wrong, but I think these, the very least, these are the two big ones. Um, oddly enough, I don't think we've talked about Weird Al on the show before, uh, which is a shame because uh, he's one of the greatest comedy musicians of all time. A genuinely, a genuinely good musician as well as a really funny guy. Um, you know, I, I can't say I'm a huge, like, knowledge base of knowledge for him what i've heard uh from weird al i really enjoy um you know his yes. parody of american pie we're seeing about the phantom menace which is easily in a way far better than the actual movie ever was um you know uh, his his madonna parodies his michael jackson i mean they're all just legendary but for me my favorite stuff from weird al are his two christmas songs one uh christmas at ground zero which released on his second ever album polka party and then uh the Night Santa Went Crazy, which released uh, one of his late 90s records, uh, Bad Hair Day. Um, the, these these are just 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 downright classics, just just for the holidays. Um, it's just a really nice change of pace from everything you hear on the radio. Uh, he takes kind of, you know, the idea of like a Christmas destruction or Christmas maniacs kind of before 
became a cliche for you like Mary Krampus and all you know other songs kind of doing the same thing as he did here um I'll start the night with Santa went crazy because I think that one's a little more well known uh pretty much again the stories in the title uh Santa after just years of just having to make stuff make toys for free for all the ungrateful children and just having to watch the elves he finally snaps a bit of a drunken rage he goes around massacring all the elves and reindeer the fbi comes in there's a just a standoff he eventually gets arrested and for his heinous crimes he's put into federal prison uh and my favorite line in the entire song uh is uh, i think the last one it went something along it goes something on the lines of and they say you can still hear Mrs. Claus say tonight with the lawyer negotiating the movie rights. It's just, it just, I feel it's the most American line ever. I just, I love it. I love it so much. It, uh, it's when I introduced to my child, to my, sorry, my, to my sister, <laughs> to utter horror, utter horror a few years ago, who it's now just become a thing where we'd listen to that song every year at some point. Um, so if you haven't checked that one out, uh, please do. But I also want to bring up uh, Christmas at Ground Zero, which I feel is a little less known than The Night Santa Went Crazy, which is a shame because I've actually come to appreciate that one a little bit more. Um, again, as titles in the, the story is kind of in the uh, title, although I will say Ground Zero, I know has a different meaning here in America ever since 9-11. Uh, uh, this was written in the mid-80s, nothing to do with the World Trade Center. Uh, attacks in 2001. This actually is about nuclear destruction. Something equally as happy. Pretty much everyone's celebrating Christmas in the midst of a nuclear bombing. So uh, I won't talk much about the lyrics. I'll just let the song do that for me, Ben. One, one thing I want to say, though, is I just love the contrast in that song where you have, like, you know, mixed in all the sleigh bells and jingling, you have air raid sirens and, like, like bombs, you know, exploding. And then you have Weird Al singing all these, like, you know, classic scenes of, you know, mistletoe and shopping mixed in with just absolute destruction. It's it's hilarious. It's it, This is just why Weird Al is amazing he's just so talented and i think a little underappreciated at times i don't know what do you guys think about these tracks and weird al in general weird al um was one of my first favorite artists and every you know i i forget how much i love weird al you know i i 
I don't hear him. I don't listen to him for like a year. And then I hear something and I'm like, wow, this, this stuff really is great. And what I really love from him are his style parodies, things that are original songs that sort of ape off the style of something. And this sounds so much like a Christmas song. It's crazy. Like you're, you're the whole time you're listening to it. You're like, Oh, what's he parodying? Is it this or that? Well, it's nothing. It's an original song, but just the hallmarks of Christmas songs are just hammered over your head with that. And the contrast is great. His lyrics are great as always. I really love his original stuff. What do you think of this, Michael? Similarly to what you said, man, I acknowledge that Weird Al is one of the greatest comedy musicians of all time. Uh, he's up there with one of the greats. I I don't know as much about Weird Al as, as both of you. Um, I know, of course, the the big hits, the the especially the artists that he has parodied, Michael Jackson, Nirvana, what have you. But um, in regards to this song, and then I listened to that other song too. Oh, th- that's that's another thing that I just I knew Andrew was going to bring to the table. Something that's just completely takes Christmas, takes takes the Christmas tree and just turns it upside down, and it's just it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Something horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I will say, and I, I, I I'm not one to give like gore warnings, and this isn't really. I'm just saying it's when you listen to like. Like Christmas at Ground Zero is genuinely kind of horrifying when you hear the lyrics. Considering this was in the mid '80s, and while relations between Soviet Union and America were better at that point, they weren't great. People were still scared, you know, you know, for about well, nuclear war. So I can only imagine this actually probably struck nerve with a lot of people. I've heard like throughout history, both when it was released and obviously after 2001, it was harder for that song in particular to get on the radio. Um, and you know, the night standing went crazy. It's genuinely shocking. It's, it's genuinely gory. You don't really hear that side of Weird Al very much, but uh, yeah, I, I think overall, though, if you have a kind of a dark sense of humor like I can sometimes, I think you really appreciate these songs you've never heard them before. So, uh, yeah, easily uh, that along with Father Christmas and uh, a few other choice tracks, just staples of for me around this time of the holiday season. You know, just kind of putting those on repeat. You know, attuned to whatever you hear on the radio. So uh, that's all I have to say. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, boys, this is the last episode of this season. Am I right? You're right. Right. So I think we should take a couple minutes to either like reflect on this season. What we do good, what we do bad, what do we want to improve on, and like, what are what are some things you're looking forward to most for next season? For me, I uh, I think we did it, ever since Ben got on this podcast, he's just been making the episodes better and better and better with the editing. Like the Halloween episode was a triumph. I think it was just like it was just I couldn't have imagined it going better. Like uh, the way we're kind of like getting into this natural flow where we're like, we know what we're talking about. We research ahead of time. We're, we're putting in the homework, but like at the same time, like we, Andrew and I, at least we've, I've done this for three years. Andrew's done this for like four and Um, well, like I've done it a semester longer than you basically. Okay. But like we've, we've been doing this four years and like, it's just, it's crazy that like, I still enjoy it. It's, it's, it's honestly amazing. I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? Andrew? 
Oh, um, well, yeah, well, I, I agree with Michael. I think the Halloween episode was probably, at least from an editing standpoint, the best episode we had. That was just such a, it was just a unique thing for us to do. And I really enjoyed it. And I wouldn't mind doing more heavily scripted um, kind of, you know, interesting skits, like audio skits almost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, for me, my personal favorite was easily the the, the record episode that was oh, yeah. i really want to do that i really want to talk about next season that's when i definitely want to do again hopefully we can fit it somewhere in the schedule because that was just a lot of fun um to to, to shoot and record um you know and I, i'm really interested again i'm really interested to do that one again to see what we can pick from each other's collections and uh i don't see what we can find um you know there, there's a lot of episodes since from the next next seasons will be my last because I will be graduating, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> I don't want to say anything too soon, but yeah, you know, it's going to be my last semester ne- um, next year. So I want to, it's a lot of episodes. I want to get it out of the, get out there. So hopefully we'll have, hopefully we'll have room for all that. Um, and maybe we'll finally, finally have an episode dedicated to a certain Southern California nerdy uh very philosophical punk band that i may or may not talk about a little too much in the show but uh that will come in due time yeah i mean for me what i'm really proud of that we did this season um just to toot our own horns a little bit more is i I think that we sort of we started to push the boundaries this this season of this show and i think that that's i'm very happy that we did that even during a pandemic where we're doing episodes that are more oriented for video. We're doing, yeah, like audio dramas. We've never done anything like that on any podcast here before. Um, And I just had a lot of fun working on that stuff. I had a lot of fun making the art. I think that this season probably has our best art yet a few different times, like the uh, Sonic Youth episode. I really love how well that came together, that piece of art. And I really like the Halloween episode. And I don't know, I'm I'm just really proud of y'all for coming up with all these good ideas and, and, uh, we, we executed them and I'm really excited for next season to sort of end, end the year and maybe end Andrew's tenure here with a, a real bang. Oh, sure. All right, boys. What do we say at the end of every episode? I think it's good night, good night Detroit. Detroit. Good night Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and Merry Christmas, I guess you filthy animals. Oh, it was a year when everybody died And it was a year when the adults and children cried For the loss of their hope, for the loss of their youth And next year might be better, but I don't see any proof And this year it seemed like nothing really mattered You could say any horrible thing And rise to the top of this shit so if you still have friends, raise a class with them. Say Happy New Year, Prince can't die again. No, Happy New Year, Prince can't die again.